Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Healing Insight Acupuncture and Holistic Medicine on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senya May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from digestion to weight loss, autoimmune conditions to fertility, and so much more. But today we're talking about sleep. It is crucial to our health, and a lot of us aren't getting enough good quality rest. And Senya says things like stress or anxiety, a nutritional deficiency, or a hormonal imbalance can be impacting our sleep. Healing Insight can help with those issues and treat you with acupuncture, utilizing calming points on the wrist, on the heart meridian that help you finally relax and sleep, and recommending herbs to calm stress and supplements to balance hormones. I see Senya regularly. She places needles in strategic points and then just lets me rest. I call it an acupuncture nap, and it's like a full night of restorative sleep in about 30 minutes. Visit HealingInsightOnline.com to see Senia's gorgeous new website and learn all about all of the treatments she offers. That's HealingInsightOnline.com. Hey, Nesters, it's Marjorie, and I have a little announcement from Elizabeth. We have a baby. We have a baby. I'm so excited. She writes, we are so happy to welcome Heathcliff, Carl Reimers, into our family. Heathcliff was born on Saturday morning, October 3rd, weighing 7 pounds, 14 ounces, and measuring 20 inches long. Bernie and Frankie are beyond in love with their new little brother, and we are so happy he's finally here. Thank you all for the well wishes and the prayers and so much gratitude to the staff at the Mother Baby Center at Abbott in Minneapolis. We've delivered all of our babies there and have received such amazing care. Thanks to all of you. I hope you enjoy the episode. You'll know it was recorded before this great announcement. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Oh my goodness, let's tell everybody what day it is, Elizabeth. <laughs> it's the day after my due date. I never have babies on their actual due date or ever before. And so why wouldn't it be surprising that here I am recording a podcast with you. Today is, as we're recording this, my last official day on the air Yay. Before I will go on maternity leave, which kind of worked out because Major League Baseball playoffs are next week. And so <laughs> Twin Cities Live is getting preempted like pretty much every day anyway. Oh, that's great. So the team just said, hey, if you want to just be done, just yeah. be done. And I said, I think I do. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think that's actually a really great idea. So I'm going to be done working after today. All my friends think I'm crazy for working past my due date. And to which I say, well, number one, I do love my job. So it doesn't right. feel like that bad. You know, right. I'm not right. like digging ditches or shoveling coal. I'm, right. I'm doing okay. I don't have like a highly physical, physical job. job. 
Yeah, like my best friend's a veterinarian. I mean, she can't be like lifting dogs when she's no. nine months pregnant. You know, I mean, it's like, it's just a little different. So my job is a little bit different. It's to sit there and talk. And I don't have a problem doing that when I'm super pregnant. Um, right. But also, you know, I want to save the time for after. It, yeah. I mean, this is like the greatest conundrum for women is that yeah. you're trying to constantly balance okay, I only get a finite amount of time after the baby is born and I don't want to burn it ahead Before of time. the baby. Yeah. I actually yeah. think working past your due date makes you badass. Yeah, I just think it's really badass. So it's, I think that's a, a great thing, but you're exactly right. It's about the balance of what am I going to say for when the baby actually gets here? And that brings us to what we're talking about today, which is balance. And there's a story that's gone viral. I sent this over to Elizabeth the other day, and I found this really fascinating. A woman, um, let me pull it up. It's from ABC News. And normally I would summarize this, but it's pretty short. And I think it it sort of goes through all of the different issues, and we can sort of deconstruct it as we go. But this is what's gone viral. So this is from um, Good Morning America's website. It says, when Lauren Griffiths, a mom of three, looked at her LinkedIn profile photo recently, she did so through the lens of a working mom who was making making her way through virtual schooling and quarantine life during the coronavirus pandemic. The photo of herself in a power suit, makeup, and perfectly coiffed blonde hair did not ring true for Griffiths at this unprecedented and chaotic moment in time, so she decided to change it. Griffiths, a human resources consultant in North Carolina, is now seen on her LinkedIn profile as the woman she says she is right now during the pandemic, one with barely dried hair, a comfy pullover, ripped jeans, slightly frazzled from having just gotten three kids ready for school, which is in quotes, but smiling and ready for work. She writes, today's remote world has blurred the lines between my professional and personal selves, so I've chosen to represent that in my photo. She wrote on LinkedIn, I've written and read enough on authentic leadership to know that being genuine and vulnerable will get you a lot farther in your career than a glossy headshot. So I wish you could picture it, you know, everybody listening, I wish you could picture it, but I think you can if you close your eyes and think of women's professional headshots. They all have the same sort of look. Hair yeah. is perfect. Makeup's yeah. perfect. Usually a collared shirt with a blazer. She looks um, professional like this would be on the company's website. And it yeah. would be like, this is the, our director of human resources. And then her other photo looks more like a passport photo. Yeah. It looks like she was like running into Walgreens and she's like, oh shoot, I've got a trip planned. I've got to get a new passport. And she just, I mean, she looks darling. She's adorable. I mean, right. she's beautiful, but she just looks like, Passport photo, like I'm running in on a Saturday morning. I right. didn't dry my hair and I have no makeup on and and here I go. And so go- I think it's fascinating. So it goes on to say Griffins, whose children are ages seven, five and two, said she made the quick decision to take a selfie before a morning video meeting. And that made her LinkedIn and then made it her LinkedIn profile photo, as well as the company photo that her coworkers see. The professional photo literally made me cringe, Griffiths told Good Morning America. When you're on a video conference with me, the person who is now in my profile photo is who you get. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there were people who wouldn't turn their cameras on or you would hear people apologizing like, oh, I just came back from a run or I didn't have time to put my makeup on. And I don't know why we apologize for that, she said. It's not that I care less about my professional image per se. It's just that right now I care more about representing the person I really am. And this is me. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So this is how it goes viral. She said Griffith's post on LinkedIn has resonated with other users, sparking both debate and praise with millions 
millions of views, more than 420,000 likes, and more than 14,000 comments. This has hit a nerve. The first photo <laughs> appears as if you're trying too hard, but the other is too casual for a business headshot, wrote another person. If you are that casual about how you present yourself, are you going to be that casual about the work I give you? Oh, so the debate here begins. Is begins. she right and is she wrong? Yeah, and I think this is where we launch off because I think what's really interesting is that idea, and and this has been something going on for women, and I'm just going to suppose men for a long time, this idea of what is your professional image, and the image you present in the workplace is a reflection of the kind of worker you are, and I just don't, I've never bought into that, and I think you and I are a little bit different in that we work in a creative field. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to adhere to sort of a you do when you're on television. Right. You're probably a little different because even when you go out in the world, you've got to sort of present a, a kind of an image. But for me, I've worked in places where I had to be very dressed up. I didn't love it. I didn't Ew. love that idea. And then when I, I went it. to work in radio, I was working from home. So that was super great. And then when you and I worked together in the studio, you know me, I showed up in jeans and a black turtleneck and I was fine with that. Yep. I've always worn flip-flops. And the the looks I used to get, and in some places I probably would have gotten fired for that. I hate shoes. I hate, 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 hate shoes unless they're from Schuler Shoes. That was an advertiser that I had a long time ago, and I mean it sincerely. I would wear their shoes because they didn't hurt me. They're fantastic. But in general, I like bare feet or flip-flops. And so I, I never felt – but I'm also not an accountant – so I never felt that pressure. But what do you feel about your professional image? Well, it, it's a little – when you work in television, it's like so much more of who you are is right. what you look like. It's to the point of exhaustion. I mean – right. And and I think it's definitely shifted in TV because there was a time when there was like the TV anchor woman uniform and we right. all had to fit that and we all had to look exactly like that and you had to have the same haircut and have the same lipstick and the same everything. And I mean, frankly, the first thing that I had an agent for a long time and then I also would send tapes to news directors and send tapes to consultants and all of that thing. And the first thing they talk about is your appearance. of the time. So your appearance becomes something that is completely intertwined with your performance. And frankly, that's just kind of the way that it is because TV is a visual medium. So it's like there's it's a double edged sword there because I get it while at the same time I didn't like the uniformity of it. I also understand that how you look is a big part of your performance. And so as that's shifted and as individuality has become more valued and authenticity in television. That has been something that I've been able to develop my own style and my own way that I look. But I think right now, I mean, even even before the pandemic, I mean, I think there's just been a real shift towards being more casual and that yeah. that's okay in the workplace. My husband, I don't know. I mean, he maybe wears a suit when he has like a big presentation. And even then it's usually just like a sport coat and pants. Right. I mean, he can get away with a sweater and a shirt under collared shirt underneath and call it good for most of the year. And I think we're all moving to be a more casual society. Right. That idea of like, 
that matching suit thing is like reserved for attorneys. Attorneys, <laughs> accountants. If you're like a lawyer, then you have to do that. And I'm thinking that's a good enough reason for me not to go to law school aside from the $100,000 in debt you get into. <laughs> you know what's interesting is my sister, when she graduated from college, she went to work for a big eight accounting firm. And I remember her telling me, I mean, she was an accountant and so they, she had a very much a uniform. Right. And I remember her telling me that she had to wear pantyhose. Like oh, yeah. Women had to wear pantyhose. And then I remembered when I was a page in Washington, so I was 17, we had to wear blue suits. I mean, all the pages wore blue suits so you could – so the congressmen and congresswomen could pick us out. I mean, not – for 17. They could figure out who we were. But yeah. we all wore blue suits. But the 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 girls, we were supposed to wear skirts – we could wear pants, but if we wore a skirt, we were supposed to wear pantyhose. Oh, for and sure. And I remember I would get in trouble because I would I would never wear pantyhose. And I just – I hate them. I think they're just the most awful article of clothing ever invented. <laughs> but that and bras, those two things are just the worst pieces of, 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 of wardrobe. Oh, gosh. And I Put think on that- some Spanx and see how you feel too. <laughs> I mean, best Hate. slash worst invention. Yeah, exactly. But I think that I do think it's getting more casual. But I was going to ask you, so let's go back to this woman who put a very casual photo on LinkedIn. And people were going crazy about it. I mean, 420,000 likes. I mean, that is legitimately viral. And so on my LinkedIn page, and I remember when I did it, like my LinkedIn page, super lame. Like, because I don't care. And I should. <laughs> but super lame. And so on my LinkedIn page, I put me sitting on a beach in South Carolina on a big piece of driftwood. Yeah. And I remember thinking, because if you look at other people's LinkedIn page, like one of these pages is not like the others. Yeah. But for me, I always felt like this is who I am. Right. This is where my heart is. Take it or leave it. And it definitely, I mean, it depends on the field. You're right. But I also think even more so now that we're in the pandemic, I mean, she's right. This woman is right that it is so blended and uh, in terms of our roles are so blended because you are likely managing one minute you're on a conference call with work. And if you've got kids at home who are doing school at home, you're managing their school in another 15 minutes. You're trying to like change the laundry in another 15 minutes. And then you're back on checking your emails. I mean, they're... I think for women in particular, and it can be difficult for men to really get this because it's always been seen as a positive for men to have children and a family. It's stabilizing. It's stabilizing and it makes them a more valuable employee. There is the, the penalty, the motherhood penalty that comes along for women, which is that when you have children, you are considered less valuable in the workplace and less dedicated. I mean, it's... It's been a terrible double standard. And so I think where we're at right now is that there was this long time of women in the workforce of hiding that they had children. I know an anchor who um, worked in town and I did a panel with her at one point in my career and she talked about never having – she would never put photos of her kids up on her desk. Yeah, neither did I. When I was she at wanted CNN, it to be, I, yep. yeah, she wanted it to be totally separate and felt like yep. that's how it needed to be yep. in order for her to be taken seriously. And she's probably 15 years older than me. And I was like at the time going, really? 
Yeah. Wow. And and so it shows how it's shifted, but I think it's shifted even more where some of it too is just showing this is the reality of the stress I'm under right now. And so this is the expectation. Like I'm doing my best. And if, if my best isn't good enough for you, then you got to figure out something else. Because yeah. frankly, that's the only way to survive for a lot of women right now. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, I've talked about it before. I did the same thing when I was at CNN. I didn't have any pictures of of my kids in the office and this would have been in the in the 90s and I think I was one of the few women that I worked with if not the only one that had children right so that was kind of strange for me and I think that's why I felt a little self-conscious is because the families were not the topic of conversation even though at CNN to their credit had 24-7 daycare on site which is pretty cool and they kind of have to I mean with that many employees with that stressful a job with that many hours being worked you kind of have to make make sure that your people can can work but I remember feeling very much and this is my feeling I don't I can't I can't untangle whether it was imposed on me or it was just my own self-consciousness because I was the only one with kids. I didn't have pictures. But I think what's really interesting about what this woman has done by posting sort of her at-home authentic self picture on LinkedIn is she's exposing – she talks about how she's exposing unconscious bias in people. But I think she's actually – also exposing something else, which I think is really important, which you've mentioned, is that we are all blending our lives. Right. We all, whether you have children or not, you're blending a life. Whether you're taking care of elderly parents or not, you're blending a life. And when I was growing up, my dad had a small business. I think at its highest point, he might have had six employees. Okay. But I knew all of them. Yeah. Yeah. My family knew all of them. My sisters and I all – it was a family business. It was my uncle and my grandfather. My sisters and I all worked there. So I knew them. My father knew them. My father knew their families. My father bailed a couple of them out of jail. He had a <laughs> warehouse. So it was a kind of a rough little crowd sometimes. <laughs> yeah. When he sold the business, his primary concern were the men that worked for him. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting, this idea about authentic self and when we have all these Zoom meetings, I mean, there's a guy at work when we have a Zoom meeting, his daughter will walk in sometimes, she'll sit on his lap while we have the meeting, is I actually think this is a really great thing because I think it forces coworkers and managers, bosses to see the families. And I hope that it makes all of them be more mindful of the decisions they make as they go forward. Yeah. Because when we hide our families, I think it's really easy for companies to do, to make decisions that aren't as family friendly as they should be. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, I think to me, her changing her LinkedIn page is kind of a, is kind of a look at me. Like you said, this is who I am. This is what I'm blending. I still don't know if any of us are at the point where we would say to our boss, yeah, I do laundry while I'm working during the day. And I think everybody does. Everybody does. And I think more and more workplaces are just getting it, though. I mean, you know, one thing about my workplace throughout this entire thing is has been tell us what you need. I mean, it was very clear when school was not going back in session and when uh, people were going, we're not going to have the child care that we rely on. Right. I mean, we got multiple messages from my um, from my boss saying, let me know what you need so that we can make this work. 
this is how we'll make it work if we have to figure out balancing and shifting and all that stuff. And we've been doing it the entire time because, you know, a lot of people just don't that you don't have a choice. Yeah. And and I don't know what what you do. I mean, I've been keeping my Wednesday mornings free because I don't have Bernie doesn't go to school on Wednesdays and I don't have help. Right. And and so I have to keep Wednesdays so that I can take care of her and help her and know that there are certain things that I can't do. And then my husband has been taking the hit on, she doesn't have after school care. She has school two days a week, but she doesn't have after school care. So he doesn't, can't work till five. He's got to pick her up at three, you know? Yeah. And there, there's just so much negotiating happening. And I think you're right. I mean, I think on the other side of this, we're going to see a couple of things. We're going to see the value of flexible time. We're going to see just understanding how efficient people can be. Mm-hmm. But then I also think that we are really paying the price right now for multitasking, which is inefficient and doesn't work. I mean, any expert on getting stuff done will tell you that saying you're an excellent multitasker is just yeah, it's, wrong. It's, that it's nobody's bullshit. an excellent multi. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. That I'm, no one's an excellent multitasker. It's impossible to be a great multitasker. And that's what we're having to do all the time. And I think then you especially see that with women because women are already carrying a higher percentage of the mental load of the household running the household. And then you add in this extra multitasking that's going on and, and it can start to make you crazy. I mean, there have been moments, Marjorie, when I've been like, I'm going crazy. When I put together what my kindergartner's weekly schedule looks like, and I I listed this all out because we're going to have this baby. I don't know when the baby is coming and my in-laws are coming over to take care of our kids when I'm having this baby. And so I had to list out every drop off, pick up time, location, (laughs) what to bring, cell phone number, Zoom call ID, Zoom call password that Bernadette has to go through every week. Because I kid you not, Marjorie, not a single day of the week looks the same because of how we've had to piecemeal everything together. So every single day, Monday through Friday is something different. Even the two days she goes to school, one day she stays later for a piano lesson than the other day. There are apps that have to be downloaded in order to be able to pick her up from school. There's a Google Drive that has to be connected with so that you can upload her school work. This is all that I had to list out for my in-laws. And as I was doing this for my in-laws, I started like shallow breathing and having heart palpitations and going, well, no wonder I feel like I don't know what's happening because this is a bleep show. I mean, it's a, (laughs) it's a mess and I've got one in kindergarten and that's it. And my other one is in a normal, is in like a normal childcare situation. Like this mom, who's got a nine, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, you know, if the only thing that makes her feel better about life is feeling like she's presenting her authentic self on LinkedIn with a an accurate photo, I'm like, more power to you, lady, because you yeah. are hanging on by a thread. Now, by a thread. I, I love that, number one, I swear, and you bleeped yourself. So <laughs> good on you. Let's protect the baby. So we didn't really actually talk. What do you think of that? And could you do that? What is your LinkedIn photo? I don't even have a LinkedIn profile. So oh. I don't know. <laughs> have a LinkedIn profile and I don't have anything to do with LinkedIn. And every photo that I have is like a headshot of me on TV because, you know, it's just different with TV. I mean, I I still have to get it together every day to be on TV and I have, I'm pretty efficient with hair and makeup and I get it done and 
There okay, you go. So I will tell you that speaking of shoes, my feet are now so swollen, Marjorie, and this has never happened to me in any pregnancy. Oh. My feet look like giant, puffy sausages, and I can only fit them into Birkenstocks right now. And so... <laughs> I um, said to the crew the other day, I was just like, you, can you see my feet in that shot? And they were like, well, just barely in that one shot. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think if I tried to put my foot in one of a pair of heels right now, it, I, I can't even get them in there. And they were you like, know, this is the least of our concerns. You do not need to worry about your Birkenstocks. Just wear them. Can I, can I make a suggestion? So this yeah. is why if I were ever your producer on Twin Cities Live, we would either become even greater friends or it would be constant conflict between the two of you <laughs> because today – there would be a segment because I know what your feet look like because oh, that so happened bad. to mine. Yeah. And it's, it just, they turn into like horses, like, like hooves because it just goes straight to ankle to foot because everything's so swollen. Oh, I'm not nice. sure that's what they look like, but that's what mine look like. It's the top of my feet. My ankles aren't as bad. It's the top of top. my feet. It's but so if, weird. If I were your producer today, we would be showing those live. Oh, please. We've already talked about it. We, oh, we talked about it yesterday. But did you show them? <laughs> you can't, couldn't really see them because of our camera situation. Listen, Marjorie, we've got one crew member in the studio. It is like, we don't, we don't remember. We used to have interns that would bring things to us. We yeah, used that's to have over. like people who would just show up with treats and all that stuff. I mean, those days I, are gone. Listen, and if you want water, you got to go find yourself a pitcher and, and fill it up yourself. There is. <laughs> Right there. That right there, everybody. That is a beautiful TV moment. If you want water, you have to go find it yourself. <laughs> That's exactly it. I mean, can you believe the suffering that we're going through right you now? Are, it's you are. just really unbelievable. But here's, here's the question, and this is this is a little off topic, but I, I do think it's interesting because there's a woman that I've talked about before named Trini Woodall, who when she puts her makeup on, holy smokes, gorgeous fifty something year old woman. When she doesn't have her makeup on, still a good-looking woman, but a different-looking woman. You know what yep. I mean? She she yep. has a makeup face that can transform people. She is a trans. It never has for me, which is quite disappointing. But she's she's transformed. I wonder with YouTube and Instagram, Instagram Live, and everything, how far away are we from television personalities just letting things go? Well, we're, I mean, like Whoopi Goldberg took us one step closer on the view. What did she I mean, do? Did she take well, her? She, she just a... wears pajamas and doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't care. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She doesn't care. I did care. not know that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's, she's my new hero. Okay. That's, that's totally her thing. And Rosie was a lot like that before her. Um, okay. You know, but I think I'm... it's all about just what is true to you is right. what's becoming the norm is what's true to you and what feels like the right fit for you and then making that work. And there are obviously things that there's certain little TV rules of things that haven't gone away. Like if you wear a really tiny pattern, it's going to make the cameras go all wonky. And so right. you avoid that. And right. so there's little things like that, but it's definitely becoming more of a what's true for you. And, you know, and I think we're seeing this in so many other areas where we're seeing this idea of embracing a whole person. And right. when you embrace the whole person, how much more efficient can your workplace be? 
we've talked about that on this podcast before, where when you're looking at people as their whole person, as their gender, their race, their ethnicity, their age, and all of that, you actually see those things as positives and you get more out of them than you do when you try to shove a round peg into a square hole. Yep. And I think this goes back to this woman, Griffiths, um, Lauren Griffiths, who said, she goes on to say, and, and this leads right into that. She said, the debate that arose from her two photos sparked what she sees as a bigger conversation about the unconscious biases people, especially women, face. She said, so many of the comments are opinions on which women in the two photos are the people would they prefer to work with or who they would hire. But many people failed to remember that both photos were the same person with the same education, the same skills and the same experiences. But the woman on the left would get the job based on her appearance, the more professional perceived professional photo. She said, I'm a white privileged woman getting this sort of scrutiny. Imagine what it's like to be a black woman, Griffiths added. The topic unpacks so many different topics about gender differences in the workplace and how there's a different expectation and what it's like to be a parent or a caretaker in this environment right now. Yeah. She goes on to say much of the debate around Griffiths' photo has also focused on professionalism, to which Griffiths says the pandemic has changed the game. This is where I think we can all be really hopeful. Um, That's me saying that. She goes on to say, I think the point is that What being professional means these days is really up for debate. Professionalism, in my opinion, is defined as producing ideas and results, caring about your work, respecting others, and giving your best. We can do that wearing whatever we want without judgment, without the need to conform to those around us, that appearance equals ability. Forgoing a suit doesn't mean you care any less. Maybe it means you care more, said Griffiths. And I do hope that that, like when we look at, we lost more than 200,000 people to the pandemic. Right. 200, that more than 200,000 people have died. I don't think it's a frivolous thing to say what will be gained by this. Mm-hmm. If we've gone through all of this pain, all of this suffering, I, you know, the families that have suffered, I don't consider the lockdown suffering because I still have a job. But for the people who have lost their jobs, all of that, what will we have gained? And I think in a way, this... If we focus on this, we focus on the idea of what this means for working women and work-life balance for women and for men, something really great can come out of this pandemic. If we if we are able to show that we are young mothers, you know, or mothers with young children, and that's a stress for us, and we have a workplace that calls us after the pandemic and says, what can we do for you? Yeah. I mean, that's what I want. I want after the pandemic that we still have human resources departments that are in tune with our stress, that are in tune with what we're going through, that are in tune with how can we help you as a workplace to be a better worker for us. If we get that coming out of the pandemic, that is a paradigm shift. There's got to be something good on the other side. Gosh, There's got to be something so. good, right? I hope <laughs> There's so. There's got to be. <laughs> If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Did you find a good one, Marjorie? I did. Jill P4 wrote just this week. She said about the podcast, about Best of the Nest, something to look forward to. She said, I was talking to my sister about another podcast, and I said, I just don't look forward to it every week. (laughs) She immediately responded, you mean like how we look forward to Best of the Nest? Thank you for always being something to look forward to. Is that fun? Oh, my gosh. I love that. And we look forward to all of it, too. We do. Or we wouldn't be recording it the day after Elizabeth's due date. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) 
Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.